Welcome to another edition of Middle School Music with myself, Farhan Lalji, and my co-host, Dario Duet. Uh, myself and Dario have a special guest today. We've got Olivier Robert Murphy. Uh, Olivier is a friend of mine for now coming up close to 20 years, uh, and he's been gracious enough to join us. Good, mo good morning, Olivier. Good morning, Farhan. By the way, it's uh, Olivier Robert Murphy. Robert Murphy. <laughs> Sorry, man. I always get confused because the French accent. I want to exactly. break out. I, I saw you try. He tried. I tried. French accent. It's okay. Hey, man. Je suis canadien. Je, je parle un petit peu de français, non? Petit my accent's okay. Come on. Don't give me too much talk already. You're on my podcast, buddy. <laughs> I promise to be nice. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't trust you a bit. Um, it's great to have you here, Olivier. Thank, thank you so thank much you. for making the time. Um, uh, and yeah, so this is our second uh, interview that we're going to release on middle school music. Um, Olivia, I wonder if you could just start off maybe telling people a little bit about yourself and your career and how you've gotten to where you are at Universal. Okay, let's make it quick. So I'm Olivia Robert Murphy. I'm a kid from south of France who spent 20 years there and then moved to London. I used to work for Procter & Gamble, where I was selling shampoo. You can't see me here, but... Maybe it's the result of the fact that I have no more hair. And then I moved to the film industry where as head of marketing at Universal Pictures International. And then I left to join the music industry. So I just summarized it. I've been now in UK for 25 years and I'm a half Irish. And what, well. was the, what was the transition like from kind of like shampoo to media to music? And how did you kind of make those jumps? The, the Procter & Gamble things, I apply six times. I, when I was in my business school, the teacher said, don't worry, no one in this school ever enter PNG. They just recruit a super high level, top school. And I wasn't doing a top school. I'm pleased, by the way, I did LBS with you after that to get my revenge. <laughs> so we, I, I applied six times, six different people, six different companies at PNG until it works because I wanted to prove his teacher that he was wrong, that it was possible to get in. Hmm. And also I took it as a new school. PNG by then is it's very formatted. It's not me at all, but they teach me so much and they're paying me good money to teach me. So if I took it with a state of mind, I knew I was going to stay two to three years, three years, and then leaving. So for me, it was another school. And how did you, I mean, did you always want to go into media and music or was that? Media, kind of yes. I figured it out uh, very soon that working is not necessarily pleasant. So I decided to say, okay, if I want to work, then it's probably better if I work in something I like. Hmm. And so I, I, media was the thing I liked. I was a big TV guy watching TV all the time. So that's why I went to film and TV. Yeah, and then the transition from the, the, the media side from a TV film into music, because you're quite passionate about the music industry. Did that kind of just fall in your lap, or was that something also that you were quite kind of dedicated uh, to? Music is interesting. Um, actually, I do believe in destiny. Hmm. I, I'm a half, I, find, I did this DNA test, and I found out I'm 40% uh, Irish, I think, and 30% Spanish, which I had no idea. And I happened to live in London and to speak from you here from my second house in Spain, which I didn't know. So it's just, it reflects what I am. In terms of music, it's a bit of the same thing. If I look back, when I was a student in Paris, I had zero money. So I was working by night as a limo driver. And I drove all around Paris for bigger stars for three years. 
all night. And during the day, I was going to school, and night, I was uh, sleeping in the car, waiting for stars to party. And um, yeah, I trained me. I realized that I, I learned the music industry from the real side, the artist side. And when I joined, for me, it was quite natural. And did, did you kind of like say, okay, I want to go into there? Or was that something from Universal in the media side that you transitioned uh, more easily? It was, um, as everything, opportunity comes through your network. Hmm. And I was, I was in Universal Pictures and I left. And I was set up my own company because, you know, once in a while you have to set up your own company. I'm not telling that to you, you know, better than anyone else. Yeah. And so I did that. And, and then after a while, I was thinking, okay, it's good not to have a boss, but um, the clients are bosses. So I actually, let me have only one boss and go back to corporate. And I went to corporate and I saw through my network, I heard about this. I was looking in media and I heard about this position at Universal Music. It was to look after, to launch the audiovisual concert, um, uh, audiovisual business, live concert. That's where I started. I want to talk about, um, you mentioned destiny kind of, and, and networks in the music industry. If, if you had to talk to a set of maybe young people that want to break into the industry today, I mean, this, the, the landscape has very much changed even when I was, was and still am interested in the industry, you know, where traditionally it was just labels and now you have DSPs and you don't really know what to do. Do you have any advice on somebody that would want to um, break into the, the business side of the industry? Sure. It's a question I, I'm being asked regularly at London Business School or Oxford University. And what I could tell you is the music creation has been existing for 100, 120 years, forever. Um, 120 years, actually, is the age of Dutch Gramophone, one of the label of Universal. What I want to tell you is that that always exists. And it's very interesting because we talked a lot about the big stars and but the big star before to be big stars they were small stars uh, if i speak spoke to you about lou murphy who is my daughter you know she just released her song now she finished her studies but now she wants to be an artist she just does it and this side of creation production writing etc will always exist and you always have that's why anr is so key uh, i mean at universal music the biggest investment we make is to this it's about uh, finding the next big star, developing it. Something they don't know as well. If I look at, in 2011, to clear a track, you had to ask three people on average, right? You want to use a track on an ad, you have to speak to three people, likely the writer, the performers, the publishers, you know, someone who wrote the lyrics. If you do it, if I look at last year and you look at the top 100 songs in UK, on average, you will have to ask six people. Wow. Why that? Because you live in a world of collaboration. Now people get inspired by another song, etc. And this world of collaboration is what I would say to this kid, to go back to your questions, this creation, ENR, world of collaboration exists. And it's key to the music industry. It's the essence. It's the petrol of it. Um, the... To extend to your question, music company were making money through physical, less, we agree, although in Japan it's still significant. Yeah. Um, 
Digital, a lot more, we're seeing it, subscription, etc. And the rest, the rest being non-recording income, working with brands, um, working with uh, live business, etc., etc. That's the first layer, music company. You go second layer, you have uh, partners, the Spotify, the Deezer, etc., who also are here to, it's more D2C relationship, but what is interesting in the music industry is that the music company has a direct-to-consumer relationship, then the second layer, the distributors, if I could call them like this, I, I prefer to call them partners, the Spotify, etc., like Apple Music, but also have a DTC relationship. And then you have a third layer for me, which is very important, it's a live business. Mm -hmm. I'm hearing you have a moment in COVID-19 period, it's not ideal, but um, it will be back for sure. Mm -hmm. So three different gates of entries. Music industry has been existing forever, it will be exist forever. 98% of the people love or like music. For sure, for sure. Uh, um, right, go ahead, Karen. Sorry, sorry. Um, I guess just something which kind of piqued my interest there is, is you talk about how this landscape has changed, and then you've got platforms such as TikTok, which have emerged where people tend to perceive or predict that it's almost going to disrupt the music industry further than what DSPs did back in, in, in the, in the tent. Um, I don't know if you, if you have a thought or opinion on that, and, and you, know, you mentioned A&R and the people involved, do the likes of TikTok add another element to that and or refine the process to make it simpler or if anything complicated? Your question is, is, is good, but we could make it larger. Yeah. hundred years ago, there was one new media every 10 years, maybe. Uh, 50 years ago, it was probably every month. Today, it's every day. So TikTok is one, so the velocity of media have massively transformed over the years. What is interesting is when you mention TikTok is one of the platforms that managed to get through, but you know, they have hundreds being launched. TikTok is interesting. I'm actually a big um, a user of TikTok. I pride myself to have a video of more than half a million views. Oh. Um, and, but I've, you know, if, if I think trailer, T R I double L E R, um, who kind of the same. I, I think for me is the next TikTok trailer. What is interesting with trailer is that they find immediately they understand the power of working with artists. So you will see a lot of if you look at TikTok, it's more UGC content and people dancing, good-looking people by the way sometimes uh, dancing and. Uh, or it's a builder telling you what to do and you have a good laugh. But a trailer, if you skip through the thing, it's mostly very famous artists sharing something, a song, meaningful content. So different angle, um, but both of them as the same, and that's why I go back to your question, um, they're here to help us discover talent. Gotcha. So, so talking about talent and trailer, who are you kind of like interested in? Who are you listening to? Uh, you mentioned your daughter's an, an emerging artist, uh, Lou Murphy, uh, mm -hmm. as well. So it's interesting. I wonder if you could talk about, you know, kind of that relationship with music over that period of time, kind of seeing new platforms and seeing new emerging artists, but also seeing your daughter kind of in the music industry now as well. Who are you listening to and, and who have you discovered or who are you rediscovered and listening to now? Sure, there's two answers in your questions. I'm going to answer the first part, which is the platform and the artist and how it works. 
if I look at, if I go back 20 years ago and I, let's take Katy Perry was releasing a song, it would be on radio. Yeah. That would be the marketing. Today, if Katy Perry released a song over a period of six weeks, she would be providing Snapchat filters, Instagram stories. She would be TikTok dance move um, or you sing along with her. Mm. Um, every platform, and let's say there are 50 of them, 50 main ones, you will create dedicated content for this platform. And this different point of entry will make the, the, the repetition necessary in every um, repetition to your audience necessary for the success of a song. Uh, now, second part of the question, what do I listen to? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm an old gear and I'm, I, I've been trained to the like of British music in the 80s, Tier 4 Fears, Prefab Sprout, I mean, Shadi, take me by, you know, all of it. And uh, I, I still listen to this. Um, if I have to bet on the new, yeah, to give you a scoop, there's a new kid. I remember when I school, sometimes people were asking me, you know, what's the next big star? Let me put a bet. Alexander 23. Check him out. I think it's, uh, <clears throat> it's not famous yet, but he could, he will be. I don't know um, if people know this, but you actually, kind of give, gave me the heads up to Bieber as well in the, the late kind of 2000s before Bieber even had like baby out. So this is definitely somebody you should listen to when it comes to kind of <laughs> artists you. coming out. But, you know, I, it makes me think you probably saw in the press release Lego yeah. as a partnership between Universal Music and us. I just explained that the music I've been listening to is music of the 80s and this culture made who I am today yeah. and I don't know who you are but looking at you maybe I see you, you're probably part of the Eminem generation oh he called you right on <laughs> bingo he so, is an Eminem fan so yes you've got him nailed. and yeah. that made you what you are what the Lego uh, because you were asking me of record before the Lego relationship is exactly that in 10 years 15 years I want kids to say what generation you are you were not the Rolling Stone, not the Sex Pistols, no Eminem, no the British pop music. I'm, I'm from the legal music generation. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, that's a, a really kind of long-term vision, right? And I guess kind of having kind of been in the industry for so long, you've seen it evolve over that time. And I know you're kind of teaching now um, at Oxford as well. How, how are you enjoying kind of the teaching piece? And you mentioned kind of students coming up to you and talking to you about music and how to get in there and stuff. How's, how's it gone from being an executive to being an executive plus a teacher? now as well so when you when you teach is very good the, the part i prefer is when i talk the part is where um, i'm not enjoying so much is the questions because not english not being my first language it takes me first five minutes to understand the questions uh, they're very sharp people very very sharp and when they ask you a question you said why do they ask me this and in fact it's because they're already there when you steal over back that's the part i like i have to be honest um, so I find it not only interesting, I find it um, fascinating. And I also pick on students, I would say, regularly with my staff and we help them. Very cool. And Olivia, is there anything else you want to promote or maybe where people can find out more about you? Maybe kind of telling people your TikTok handle if you want more than the half a million kind of views on your existing TikToks or anything else. Where can people find you? Where, where can they learn more about you and what you're up to? Uh, the best is LinkedIn, okay. is where I love to post. I post every two days. 
on LinkedIn, I tell stories, I explain about what's the new world of marketing as he has totally transformed. Um, I, you know, people still talk about the four P's. I think this is long gone. And so if you want to know more, follow me on LinkedIn and you will see. And, um, but the best way to know about anything I do is to listen to your podcast. Oh, thank you so much. On that note, I don't think it can get any better than that. So thank you for that mic drop moment, Olivier. Um, again, this has been Middle School Music with Farhan and Dario and our good guest, who it's been a pleasure to host and talk to, Olivier Robert Murphy. So Olivier. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Farhan. Thank you, Dario. Good yeah, thanks. thanks so much.